Hello everyone, and welcome to The Captain's Quarters, the Star Trek Rewatch podcast, where we are re-watching the entire Star Trek franchise, starting at the beginning of the timeline with Star Trek Enterprise. Today we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 14 called Stratagem. My name's Gabe, I'm with my co-host, Jason. Make it so, Jason. Hello there, how are you? Fantastic. Hello there, my friend. (laughs) Enterprise is continuing their mission in the Delphic Expanse, trying to locate the Zindi weapon that is going to destroy Earth. Um, Archer and uh, the crew uh, has been tracking the Zindi. Uh, they, They found the Zindi proving grounds for their weapons. And then in this episode, it starts out with Captain Archer with long hair on a small shuttle pod with Degra, the Zindi scientist who is behind the the, uh, Zindi weapon that's going to destroy Earth. And we don't really know what's going on at first. Archer looks older. Degra looks older. They both have long hair. Degra has some gray hair. And it slowly gets revealed to us, apparently, that Archer and Degra are have es- escaped prison, that they were both captured by uh, one of the other Zindi species, the insectoid species. And um, Archer's telling Degra that they were in prison together for three years and they escaped and they're on this shuttle pod and that Degra was subjected to these worms that that provide like a truth serum effect and one of the byproducts of these worms is is um amnesia and, and apparently that's why Degra doesn't remember all these things that Archer is telling him. And so supposedly, according to Archer, they were in prison together. They hated each other at first. At first they wanted to kill each other. They kept fighting. Eventually, over the years, they formed a bond and escaped together. And now apparently they're friends. And um, they're, they're on their way. Um to to kind of get away from the insectoid Zindi and Archer tells Degra that the Zindi weapon was in fact uh, rolled out and Earth was destroyed and his uh, Archer's entire crew was destroyed effectively I guess making him I don't know maybe one of the only humans left in the in the universe and Degra is skeptical, but he kind of buys it. Uh, Archer, as one way of proving this to Degra, shows him one of the worms in his arm and actually actually makes an incision in Degra's arm and pulls out one of the worms. And so it turns out it was all a farce. And they're still on the Enterprise. This this shuttle pod is a simulation, and um, they have 
they artificially aged both Captain Archer and Degra and created this whole elaborate ruse, including uh, the amnesia thing was real, but but it wasn't like three years that he forgot. It was really that the Enterprise had boarded Degra's ship with, um, I think, two other scientists, um, captured them, taken them onto Enterprise as prisoners, and then came up with this whole scheme to like lie to him and tell him that that he was in prison so that he would divulge uh, the location of his home world where where the the weapon would be because really that's what this season has been all about is trying to find this zindi home world where the where the the weapon is and so archer's kind of playing him the whole time and he's he's saying like well where should we go like um can you give me coordinates of where you think we should go like trying not to like too directly ask him the coordinates of his home world because he doesn't want to tip him off uh but uh ultimately at one point um there there is like a um one of the gravitational anomalies kind of causes like a glitch in the power Dagger kind of observes um, one of the windows in the shuttle pod where, where it's just like a screen of, of stars zooming by. It kind of glitches. And so Dagger has his doubts, but once he sees his glitch, he's kind of convinced, okay, this is all a ruse. And he grabs a knife and he tries to attack Archer. Um, the, the whole crew of Enterprise, who, who is alive, and they're all observing all of this from outside the, the shuttle pod, they're able to stop it. Um, and they, you know, they, they give up the ruse. They put, they put Degra in prison, but not before, at one point, um, before that, uh, Degra does agree to communicate uh, via the shuttle pods communicator uh, to some supposed um, Zindi who are trying to contact them and he encrypts the message but um, thinking that Archer wouldn't be able to read it because it's encrypted of course uh, Sato is, is there she interprets it um, decodes it and gets the coordinates and there's there's a massive star uh, in the expanse with some where the coordinates lead to and uh it's far it's like i think it's like a 13 day journey and so they're kind of in a, a place where they're like do we believe that this is where the weapon is because we have it's going to be a gamble if we if we kind of just blindly assume that these coordinates that he he gave are where the weapon is uh you know we're going to be committed because that's 13 days we're going to lose and so <clears throat> they come up with another ruse where they tell they tell degra that they're going to use this sort of like subspace like the zindi warp technology where there's like subspace uh vortices and that something goes wrong they they make it seem like the enterprise is breaking up that it, like everyone's going to die on the ship and they convince the Zindi to, or they try to convince the Zindi to, to, to fix the Enterprise such that it can get out of the subspace. 
and Degra slips up and he says uh, something to the effect that like you'll never make it through like even if we do get out of here you're never going to make it through the base's defenses and so that tips his hand that not only were those coordinates legit but it also is the location of the base and thus they got what they needed out of him so they do in fact commit to heading to that that star and um and that's kind of where the episode ends so jason my question is at what point in the episode did you know it was a ruse because i have my answer i want to know when you you knew Okay, uh, yeah, I actually, it took me a while. It took me until um, they, uh, until Enterprise hits that anomaly. Ah, no. It's not until, I'm sorry, no, it was not until the, uh, they, um, they knock Degra out uh, and he goes into this long slumber and Archer you know, exits the simulator. I was like, oh, oh okay. that makes sense. What about you? Well, to me, it was early. It was really early. And the only, okay. the only reason was is because part of the ruse was Archer said that Earth was destroyed and the, and the Enterprise and all its crew were destroyed. Uh-huh. And to me, there was just no way that that was true. Um, and and I, did, okay. I didn't think they were going to do another another back to the future thing where they were like, right okay yeah you know what i mean like everything's bad but we need to go back in time to when sure. it's not bad i just didn't think that was going to happen again and and so i knew i was like okay well there's no way that like because we know that this this show goes four seasons and i was yep. like there's no way from this point forward there's no more to paul no more tucker etc etc right 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 um, right right the show just wouldn't do that without a proper send-off Right, you know right, I mean? right, and so, right. So I, right. I knew, I knew something was wrong there, and and then like right after that, Archer asks him a question, and he you can tell he kind of is like eager for the response, and I knew it was him prodding him somehow. I didn't I didn't think they were, I didn't know what was going on, but I was like I know this is some kind of, this is a ruse. Okay, yeah. so I didn't I I did not pick that up, because I didn't. Because I did think, oh, this is one. It's either a, it's either a, it's either a dream sequence or you know one of those, one of those sequences where it's, you know, Archer is, you know, been hit by an anomaly or whatever the case might be, and they are quote unquote transported to another like timeline or dimension so that didn't that that didn't that did actually play i was like oh it could be it could be because star trek has had has done it quite a few times where there are you know there are alternate realities where the captain's been knocked out and he's actually in sick bay but this is all a you know a dream sequence or whatever the case might be got it or you know he's been captured and he's the one that's in the ruse and it's Degra that is searching and hunting for information so that stuff has been done before in this franchise and i and so when he said earth was destroyed i was like okay i'll go along with it cuz it could be um something to that to that effect 
And it's that episode where he is hit, uh, where he's hit by the um, the anomaly trying to save DePaul. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was kind of like that again. Got it. Or something similar to that. Some sort of timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I yeah, that's good. Well done on that one, though. <laughs> Um, so what did you think of the episode otherwise? I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good episode. It felt, it felt like, it felt oddly familiar. Hmm. Like that it had been done before in a different TV series. No, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but did it not feel, Yeah. you know, like a get smart kind <clears throat> of dealy or, um. Or like, it felt like a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. It felt just oddly familiar that someone has done it before. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I, although I can't pinpoint what that is. Yeah. But um, I agree, and and it could be such that it was just a natural progression that they they've hit on a couple times with Archer using techniques that borderline a torture to get information out of people. Yeah, yeah. And how it's come back to haunt him to some degree. And I think this is the, like, more virtuous way of of going about getting uh, information. Sure. Because it's, you know, it's using your wits and ingenuity to do it as opposed to brute force and and i think i think this was like sort of the resolution of that this like shame that archer was carrying because because when they captured the zindi scientist they could have tortured him right you're talking about graylick are you talking about degra uh sorry so degra is this is a scientist Yes, he is in and, charge of yeah, uh, building so, the weapon. So, before this episode, in between this this episode and episode thirteen, apparently mm-hmm. they had captured Degra and his crew. And I'm saying that when they captured them, they could have tortured them to get the mm. coordinates. And Archer's mindset in much of this season has been take no prisoners do whatever it takes to the point where he was going to murder similitude he was going to marry uh, murder sim like that's how that's how um dead set he's been on accomplishing his goal he's just willing to to throw out his morals and and everything with with the idea that like you know i'm going to do whatever it takes to save humanity wow and, uh, but this episode to me is like coming back to center sort of for archer because he didn't do that and instead they they came up with this elaborate plan which is harder to do but it's the it's like the right thing to do yeah 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 i will give the i will give the premise of this episode like that was cool that they that they were able to get all this information about him and his family because he knew because he knew 
Because remember, he knew Archer knew Dagra's wife, and he had, and he has two kids, and you know, getting that background was cool as a viewer. Yeah. And then you know, and then just watching him ask to Paul, "Hey, can you help me study?" You know, I was kind of thinking, "Oh, she's gonna pull out flashcards and all that kind of stuff." So you know, to remember, okay, this is who this is, and this is what he's been through, and all that kind of stuff. Just so he's not caught in a in a lie or, you know, whatever the case might be. Right. And he had like an earpiece where they were feeding him information. Right, right, yeah. right, right. <clears throat> and there was there was times when, when Dagra had his suspicions and he was yep. he was like, What are my children's names? Right. Um, and who's the oldest? Right, exactly. Yep. So it I it I take it you liked the episode? Yeah, I liked it a lot, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, I I watched it two weeks ago because we missed last week. So yeah, some of the details. That's on me. That's on me. Well, I canceled Wednesday, so and then. I was uh like, okay, right, so, and then I was too yeah. disappointed on Saturday. <laughs> well, but so some of the details I don't remember. So when he said who's the older one, I was thinking like, oh, this is interesting because Archer has a fifty-fifty shot of getting it. Right. Uh, how did? <laughs> How did that play out? Did he did he um, guess or did they intervene? Did the crew intervene before he guessed? No, he guessed. And was he right? To Paul, uh, uh, yeah, he was right. Okay. Because there were a couple of scenes where it was Hoshi was looking for that information and they couldn't find it. Right? Right. Yeah. And and so the reason they had the information was, uh, I, I believe, when they were going to board the Zindi ship, just before they boarded, the Zindi um, wiped their database. Uh, and by the time Enterprise, correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I remember, uh, they're, they're wiping the database, they get on board, and they stop the process of it, of it deleting. And what they were able to recover was that Degra That's correct. Had a wife and two kids, yep. right? Yep, you're right. Yep, nope, you got it. Yeah. That's right. And then um where where did Archer say they were going before like right at the beginning of the episode, where did he say they were going? Yeah, so in the beginning of the episode they were um Be- because there was something where Archer was trying to like obfuscate the idea that he wanted to go to Digger's homeworld, because he even says like, "No, we don't want to go there. The insectoids will be looking for you there." Even though that's exactly where he wanted to go, he wanted to make it seem like he didn't want to go there. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, I think they were going to go I to a different Zinni. This down. Yes, yes. I think so because the insectoids had made had kind of you know screwed the other um zindi over i believe they were headed towards a planet that had been colonized by the remaining non-insectoid that's right right yeah yeah they they all in in archer's story they had all come together yes and yes yeah okay Right. And because, and remember, um, Degra is putting together this information. He's like, the insectoids would have never have done that without 
the reptilians and the aquatics and all the aquatics and the you know uh uh the uh the, the, the reptilians would have never right. let this happen right what what was archer's answer to that do you remember yeah so basically he told them the story that the insectoids were planning this all along mm-hmm. um scheming and while there were there were there there was the council the insectoids and the on the bat behind the scenes was creating this fleet to take over got it um and then so when supposedly Digra's friends contact them uh is it sato that um uses some kind of voice uh modulator or something and like yeah calls in Mm -hmm. and um calls in and then says how how did how do they get him to put in the coordinates of the base what do they say to him that that would prompt him to do that do you remember because because they're like saying like because like when sato's communicating through the radio it's like kind of like breaking up um and and they're like um sorry we can't hear you type thing and then he then he digger takes over that's when he sends the encrypted message right Uh, so or maybe they're saying like and it was part of that message too right where that the where that message was going to right oh is that what it was i thought so okay Hmm. All right. Well, either way, it worked. It doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> because then they put up the... So to even further play on the ruse, they fake the view screen. Mm-hmm. Right? And show him... the. I think it was a gas giant where the base is? Yeah. Is that right? And so we show... So they show him the gas giant and that they're heading towards it and dagra blurts out what you said oh you'll never get past our defense security perimeter or whatever the case might be Mm -hmm. um and they take it down right they turn on the view screen and it shows that they haven't left uh the belt in which they're the comet the uh, asteroid belt in which um the weapon was tested not i'm sorry not the asteroid belt it's not a, well it is te- kind of technically an asteroid belt since the moon was partially destroyed mm-hmm. so they haven't even left that right and so this was you know and so they Degra knows oh we're still you know we haven't gone anywhere and you know they take him back to the brig and um um, knock them out, knock him and his two crew members out, right. return, him, return him to his ship and make it seem like there was an accident right. on board that Zindi ship that they were. <clears throat> th- and then they wipe their memory and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. I wasn't expecting that. That was like, that's a risky move, um, releasing him into the wild. I mean, he's the scientist behind the weapon project. Yeah. And 
you could argue that without him, the weapon's not going to go anywhere. Like, uh, the project isn't going to go anywhere. Right. So he's kind of like Galen Erso and director Krennic all wrapped into one. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know. I thought, I, I mean, I can kind of see why they would do that because then that gives them a head start. Now they can kind of freely go to that base and do that without, um, and then Degra just carries on as if nothing happened. Even though he's going to wake up and be like, hey, why is our database deleted? But um, I don't know. Because of the accident. Yeah, I guess. But but <laughs> it just seems like, man, they could have really, really done some damage to... Are you suggesting that they, that they that Enterprise should have kept him as a prisoner? Yeah. As a hostage? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Wow. Wow, talk about, well, okay. Wow, talk about, like, you know, talk about your, the un, the inhumane kind of deal to keep him prisoner. Yeah, but... I thought you said you wanted Archer to soften him up a bit. Wouldn't that have been... He would just be in the brig. I'm not saying... Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Give him, you know, three hot meals a day or whatever. But you don't think that they would have, like, asked him and interrogated him for information? No. And then not only that, are you... And then they th- that would make Enterprise, you know... That would make Enterprise probably Zindi target number one. If you got a high level... If you got Director Krennic... Mm-hmm. basically in your brig that's a that's just a chase waiting for it to happen well what if they took him to like an m-class planet and just like oh and just dropped him dropped him off <laughs> away f- from um i don't know how many m-class planets there are in the delphic expanse but just somewhere where he can't continue his work on the project, but then also distancing themselves from him. I okay, okay, um, I could see that. I don't know. I just, I just seems like, honestly, like I hate to say it, but if they, if they just killed Degra, I feel like the Ooh. the weapon never would have, <laughs> never would have happened. If he's the lead scientist, yeah, I mean that's like. You know what I'm saying? It's Yeah, yeah. But then I'm sure there's another... See, that's the thing about that, is that we always have to be careful. About, you know, yes, we know who our enemy is, but then whomever succeeds Degra could be even more ruthless. And let's build a bigger weapon. More, you know... Yeah, we we would have to be careful about, we have to be careful about, you know, yes, Degra is dangerous and he's a genius for developing this weapon, but then what the, what the, the concern would be is who follows Degra. Is he going to even be more ruthless? You know, is he going to build a bigger weapon? Is he going to build the Death Star? 
Who knows? So, you know, keep an enemy there that you already know. Mm-hmm. And not only that, are there, the humans are trying to prove that they're not going to attack the Zinnia <laughs> world. <laughs> so to kill Tegra or, like, you know, interrogate him and or whatever, you know, um, just kind of ticks that, okay, yes, we got to be <laughs> wary of the human box. I don't know, man. I still think letting him loose is the wrong call. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. It 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 feels like we're we're kind of coming. This was we're closer to the end. I know this was this is episode fourteen. Yeah. Of the season, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, yeah, we still got like what ten or twelve mm-hmm. episodes left, but it feels like this one is getting closer to the end of this Zindi story arc. I could be wrong, but, you know, now that they know the location and all that kind of stuff, so. But again, I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was reading one of the reviews of this episode. Uh, oh, okay. Bureau 42 sarcastically asked, two weeks in a row for staying on track with the story? Someone, <laughs> someone tied up Berman and Braga, didn't they? They did, yeah. No, and the interesting thing is, um, Terry Metalis, who wrote this episode, mm-hmm. is the showrunner for season two, uh, Picard, and season three, I believe. Oh wow! So yeah, he's come. I mean, man, that's you know, impressive. he's yeah, he's come. I mean, his career come a long way. Yeah, but so the the point being though, because we have, I I actually was surprised when this episode it's started. True. I was like, it's I true. Was like, wow, they're actually sticking with the main arc. I, it's true. I was totally expecting a, a a western or a uh, yeah, Carpenter Street or or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I I I do think though, on their way to this gas giant, something's gonna derail them. And we're gonna get off track of the main arc, and we'll have maybe a couple episodes of. Okay, that sounds that sounds also of nothingness. Right. And yeah, that also sounds right. And my instincts are completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, you're right though that that this um, seems to be the culmination of everything. But I just think because yeah. they have ten episodes or so to fill, it's, yeah. it's going to be some kind of diversion. Or, or some uh, deviation from, from so, the art. So because so because the um, so because the um, star date is December twelfth, twenty one sixty. Or I'm sorry, twenty one fifty three. Do we think that there's going to be a holiday episode next episode? That's going to throw us off. <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas episode. Yeah, the Christmas. Yeah, no, the holiday episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. To Paul's going to be like, what the heck are we? <laughs> are we doing here <laughs> just kind of like you know to harken back to carpenter street or whatever whatever other episodes kind of yeah that, derail us a little bit that would actually be hilarious <laughs> if they had like a christmas tree and ewoks should yeah. we get some ewoks too <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> 
Which, I, can I just say, that was horrifying. I've seen the Star Wars Christmas, yeah. and that's horrifying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the, uh... Um, is it Chewbacca? Was it Chewie that really looked gnarly? I was like, whoa. All of the Wookiees did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all looked like, oh, man, gonna give... The, to me... The, little us. The the cringiest part, and there was a lot of them, was the, uh, the Julia Child robot parody. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like the joke was there... And it it lost it's, any interesting component of it immediately, and it just went on way too long, and it was like yeah. so hard to watch. <laughs> the robot with like it had a four arms or eight arms—I don't know what it was—but yeah, yeah. It was just like such a stupid. Bad it's idea. up there. That one's up there for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So most of that is on uh youtube except for the an- the, songs. the animated boba fett stuff oh so so i actually haven't seen the animated boba fett part yeah um, okay it's been a long time and it felt like the animated boba fett they were trying to like it felt like a knockoff because the colors of him were strangely off from memory if i remember correctly i'm like oh this seems like you know, someone trying to do Star Wars, but not at the same time. Okay. Oh, wait. You know, like how there's a, like, you know, like, instead of lightsaber, there was a laser sword, right? Yeah, yeah. So it felt like that animated Boba Fett Christmas special. And I think he sings in that one, too, doesn't he? I see, like I said, that's the part I haven't seen, is the Boba oh, Fett part. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I think he sings, if I remember correctly. Hey, but now that I think about it, actually the cringiest part is when the Wookiees are singing and they're like walking through space. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah, part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're like dance walking. Okay. Yes. Oh, I was going to bring that up, but I was like, is that? Yeah. In my mind, I was like, is that, was that in there? Or is that my mind playing tricks on me? But yes, I totally agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, man. Oh, one thing. Have we mentioned that um, Randy Oglesby, who plays Degra, is like a Star Trek recurring actor guy? Uh, no, I don't think we have. Is he? Yeah. He was... Was he really? Yeah. Um, he was... He played um, the uh, Miradorn twins, Akel and Rokel, oh, in Deep Space Nine. In Deep Space Nine! Yeah. And then he also played a telepathic alien Kerr in season five of Star Trek Voyager. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. So he is. And apparently he Uh also played a different role in this show way back when um no when uh tucker gets pregnant way back in unexpected really yeah interesting has he what other has he done so he's done voyager Mm -hmm. deep space nine he's done deep space nine yeah 
think that's it. And then just two two roles within Enterprise. Okay. So yeah. And has he only done one Deep Space Nine? Oh, you know what? Sorry, I take that back. So in Next Generation. Okay. Season two, episode five, loud as a whisper, he played one of three interpreters known as Riva's chorus. Oh. Oh, so he must have been one of the scholars slash artists from that episode. I don't know. Okay. Wow, because I think. So the uh, so the only other one that I thought I remembered him from was that he played um, in Deep Space Nine. In the episode "The Darkness and the Light," um, where he is a Cardassian, and I believe his name is Silurin Prin. Oh. And he's going after uh, Major Kira's colleagues um, in the Resistance, in the Bajoran Resistance. But I could be wrong. So viewers, listeners, let me know. But I believe he played Siller and Prin. And, I, and that was the only one that kind of, I was like, oh, okay, I remember uh, him playing now that you bring that up. But I could be wrong quite i don't know quite an impressive um number of roles that he's done with yeah star trek so cool yeah cool so i hope they do it now um because the this franchise has a obviously has a history of bringing back your quote-unquote star trek actors back in different roles mm-hmm. which I, th- I think i've said on this podcast before i don't know if i'm on board with that like it's, oh, okay. It, it does feel like perhaps they write roles just to bring back these actors. Yes. I, yes. Oh, absolutely. I don't, absolutely. I don't think that's true with Degra, but right. many of the others. And it's kind of yes. like... Oh, absolutely. Well, it's kind of like, you know, what is what is your goal here? Is it to write a great show in a great episode? Or is it to, like, bring in this cameo so that star trek fans will be like oh it's that guy like to me that that should be second to writing the best show you possibly could sure sure but i think it feeds into that i think like you know in this in this episode i mean not this episode but the last episode and this shran i mean jeffrey combs is has been you know he was great as weyun and you know he's great at playing commander shran um excuse me um and so you know i think when you have a wealth of talent like that you know when you can bring back an actor who has that breadth of playing you know different characters from different alien species and brings you know um something to the role and then on top of it he's a fan favorite or he or she right Mm -hmm. i think that just adds so much to the 
you know, and then as an actor, if if we were actors, I mean, how cool would it be to be like, hey, I've got a recurring kind of deal on Star Trek. I can play with these guys. I can play with, you know, um, this cast uh, or this cast and have not a steady job, but, you know, at least a, a you know, background role or, you know, recurring in different as different characters. I think that's pretty cool. I'll give you... Totally off subject. No. I'll, I'll give you that, like, maybe it takes a, a certain skill to act in Star Trek. Yeah. Like, maybe not everyone can do it. Yeah. And in order to get the tone of this show right, maybe they felt like they needed people who got the tone already out of the gate, you know? Yeah. Like, they could just plug in these people who had the experience and it just automatically would feel like Star Trek. I'll, I'll, give, right. I'll give you that. Because, you know, James Cromwell, you know, thank you for gluing your hand to a Starbucks countertop mm. recently. Yeah. I you know, that. Zephyr Cochran and that traitor from Deep Space Nine and, you know, so many other characters, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, so before we go, I wanted to mention, so in the shuttle, I wanted to say as a flight, as an airplane nerd, mm-hmm. um, I love that they built the simulator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then not only that, um, speaking of that, um, in the first act where they're being attacked, mm-hmm. Archer raises the shields. And this is so cool. Um, and the schematic of the of the shuttle has dots that ring the, 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 the shuttle schematic. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, if it wasn't, Gosh darn it! Um, but you know, that was a to me was a throwback to Star Trek Deep Space. Uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, The Reliant, and Enterprise, where the schematic of the ship, when they're raising their shields, the little dot matrix board, the little dot matrix, the little the little lights that ring the schematic of the ship light up to to show you that you've raised their shields. So I thought that was really cool. Interesting. I don't know if that's, you know, I hope it is, but I can't be for I like that. Yeah. That way, because this predates, you know, in the timeline, that way you don't don't like retcon the technology into being something better now than it is in the future. Yeah. I like that. Not only that, but, you know, it was just a really cool Easter egg if it was. For sure. Very cool. And then... Did you want to talk about, because um, last episode you wanted to talk about to Paul's uniform. Did we? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that when she took command, she was wearing uniform. Um, but I went back and watched it. And, mm, and it's, okay. it's not. It was just one of her suits. But it did have some like like fringe to it that oh. that is the reason I thought it was a uniform. And it actually was... A pretty quick edit um when it was like kind of flashing to her that i can see why i was confused but for sure it, it wasn't uniform oh okay okay yeah because we both weren't wasn't weren't sure yeah thanks for reminding me so and like i and like i but yeah i think it was a the episode where she gets injured and she's you know where she becomes captain mm-hmm. is when she wears the uniform yeah 
Got it. Makes sense. And I wish she did. Come on, Archer. Just give her a field commission <laughs> into Starfleet. Yeah. I'm still... Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last time. But it still, yeah. still seems a little bit weird. Because, I, believe it or not, I, I didn't really piece that together. That she's not technically, like, in Starfleet. Yeah. And that she doesn't wear the uniform. And yet she's second in command. I just think that's yeah. weird. Even even if she is the most qualified, it just doesn't seem right for a military operation to like give the controls over to someone who isn't one of them. So it's true. It's true. No, yeah. it's that's true. But she is a respected member of the crew. Mm-hmm. For sure. <clears throat> Maybe it just shows how evolved they are. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Um, all right, man. Well, was there anything else with uh, Star Trek you want to talk about? Uh, no. Okay. We're getting close to Kenobi. Not, I think we're. Yeah. Uh, what What is it? Uh, Ten days? Nine days? Something like that from recording? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, nine days. I think. It's gonna be. I'm ex- excited. I know it's gonna be great. I'm I'm stoked. Yeah. It's because they've been doing I think they've been doing more press on it. Yeah. And so I think the final trailer is also released. And I'm so excited. Um I was reading an article um with Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know a lot of people, um myself a little bit included, but I am a fan of uh, the prequel. I am a fan of the, like two thirds of the prequels. Um, okay. <laughs> and so it was nice that he said that you know he's finally feeling love from Star uh, Star Wars fans, and that was that was really nice. Um, just because I thought you know, um, I think people, I think fans were a little have been a little harsh. Mm-hmm. To him and to um, Jake. Jake, thank you. So, I was texting you about this. Do you think James Earl Jones is coming back? I do. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Have they confirmed this in the press? No, 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 no. But I definitely, if Darth Vader's back, James Earl Jones is back. Because I was speculating that perhaps they would somehow figure out a way to like have Anakin without the mask. Like maybe I'm sure like I was saying like, Oh, maybe he gets in a battle and the mask breaks and they have to like give him a a temporary one. And that way you have his face in the uniform and possibly some version of his voice. So the reason I did not. So the reason I didn't respond back uh, to that text thread mm-hmm. was because I thought you might bring it up tonight mm-hmm. or whenever we were oh, going to okay. meet. Yeah. And I was going to say one in Rebels Ahsoka makes a thrash cuts him Oh. Uh, cuts Vader a little bit with her lightsaber and it reveals oh. him his face oh. a little bit. Okay. And so, yeah, I think that could happen. 
But what I wanted to bring up was that I think that I think how cool would it be if you would have if they had throwback sequences right in the intermediary between Revenge of the Sith and uh Obi-Wan Kenobi you would have let's say you know you're you know they're both meditating obviously not together um, but you know mm-hmm. Vader's in his back to tank and he's and there's images of him younger and not in the suit or if it's um okay I know this is going to get a little bit of uh you know um Star Wars psychiatry set, you know kind of deal but um you know if they kind of did a a uh uh, a Boba Fett book of Boba Fett where he's in the back to tank but then they're you know throwing back to a couple years back or whatever the case might be and you see you know a younger Obi-Wan Kenobi or a suitless Darth Vader I think that might happen yeah I think that could happen that would be yeah. really cool I think they have to do something because otherwise you just have Hayden Christensen in a suit and not yeah. even not even his voice. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, it could be anybody in the suit. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I. But the. But the. You know. But that's the other cool thing, though, too, is that you know. Hayden and um, Ewan McGregor, like you know, to bring Hayden back. I, that's so fitting, though. You know, it, I would hate that it would have been. Just another actor inside that suit. What about? Because I hope that, because I do hope that we do get to like a back to tank scene, and you get to hear, and he's you know talking as Anakin Skywalker, uh, uh, Darth Vader, but not in the helmet. <coughs> Rogue One. Rogue One. What about it? <laughs> Who plays Darth in that movie? Oh yeah, I know, I know, I. But there was, but the thing though is like, you know, but that is, you know, this one ha- is a little bit different, I think, because it's Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. I get it, like they didn't bring back Hayden Christensen for Rogue One, but I think to me, as a fan of two thirds of the prequels. Mm. Um, <laughs> Um, that it's it's more special to bring those two actors back together. I do too. I just think it's a waste if they don't figure out a way, because in Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. he's he um, at the end he tells Luke to take off his helmet, and Luke goes, "But you'll die." So now we know that he'll die without the helmet. So mm. so I would love to see, like Hayden Christensen's face, fighting Obi Wan. But that doesn't seem possible unless something changes. Yeah. And so I just hope they figure out some way to do that. And like and I know that I think they will. I think they will. And like I just I know that there's the scene, um I think it's Admiral Piet who's coming to and forward. Uh, Vader, he comes up behind him, and you just see, oh, you, you see, see the back his, of his bald head. head, the back of his head. Yeah. So he's in that chamber. Apparently, that chamber he can be helmet free in that chamber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just think, like you know, there's probably going to be a lot of scenes in that chamber where he's talking mm-hmm, freely mm-hmm, without the mask. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like you said, some flashbacks. Yeah, so, I don't know. I Yeah, no, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. But I hope all of it. I hope that, yeah, I hope that they do. I hope that they do. Yeah. <clears throat> Even if they don't, I'm glad it's him in there. Because, you know, because of the history between those two actors. Right. You know, mm-hmm. from... Um, Attack of the Clones to, to to now. One of those. So Vanity Fair is the one who's been putting out a lot of this press stuff. So one of those. Oh. One of those press photos was Darth Vader with the full mask and the full suit. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll definitely be talking about it a lot on this podcast. We definitely will sorry, be. Sorry if you tuned in for just Star Trek. But, we definitely uh, will be. <laughs> it'll be so hard for us not to talk about it so yeah for sure for <laughs> sure so. we've got a breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> and uh did you see the star wars movie announcement oh no it's a show what um it's a show it's called no i didn't a, what's going on it's called acolyte and supposedly it is set 100 years before phantom menace so I wonder who the Acolyte is. It's Palpatine. Just kidding. No, no, I'm, I'm, not, no. I'm half kidding. But You always think it's Palpatine. Think it's gonna... Thank you. Thank you, J.J. Abrams, for not... Uh, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there right now. I'm not going there. Friendly bet. Oh. Friendly bet. I bet you it's Palpatine. Okay. I don't know how old Palpatine is. What do you want to? What do you want to? What's the bet? Uh, let's do it right here. Yeah, if we're gonna do this, yes, let's do it. Yeah, sure. How about, Friendly wager. Uh, yeah, okay. A pint of uh, pint of Guinness. <laughs> pint of Guinness. Yeah. So we're going to Dublin. Dude, you can get so Guinness we're meeting anywhere. in Dublin. No, you yeah, but it's not the same. <laughs> okay. A pint of, uh, um, yes, a pint of something from one of your local breweries nearby. Okay. Works for me. Yeah, works. Um, okay. Because I have a rule that I don't drink Guinness outside of Dublin. I know. That's, that's half why I said that. (laughs) I know it's, I know it's snobby, but it's Mm -hmm. just not the same. But anyways, <laughs> wow, you think it's, I'm going to say no. <laughs> oh, it's I'm not... sorry. Well, so the, there was like two pieces of information that they revealed. Oh, okay. So yep. one of them, I'm all ears. other than it, it's called the Acolyte. So the other one is that um, it's a hundred years before Phantom Menace. And then also that it had to do with the emergence of dark powers, um, in the high republic at the end of the high republic and so to me the dark powers even though you know palpatine is human i assume he has a naturally long life he was not human he was nabooian okay well (laughs) unnaturally long life um so that's my guess a young Palpatine. So first, so you think it's Sith? Mm-hmm. 
and you think it's Palpatine. So I know, or I don't know. <laughs> so there have been Darths before, right? Like Darth Bane, and are those can? Are those? Is he canon? Are those? I'm sorry. <clears throat> excuse me. Are those Darths canon now? Because I knew they were canon in the books, or well, they were written in the books and other media outside of the movies and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, well, so Darth Plagueis, right, is, um, in episode three, talked about in episode three. Yeah, talked about. Um, and then thankfully, so, so that's not canon. In episodes eight and nine. So that's canon, episode three. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. And that would be well before. Is it though? Yeah, hundred years. Before no, I don't. The... I don't know about hundred years. That that part is definitely a stretch. But I think it's feasible that he could use the dark side to prolong his life. Yeah. So that's the thing. So a hundred years before Phantom Menace, right? Right. Exactly. And so. So if it's not Darth Plagueis, mm -hmm. it's right before exactly. Darth Plagueis. Exactly, yeah. And it's a show, and it's going to... On Disney Plus? I mean, yeah. excuse me, Disney Plus? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Because actually, if you think about it, it's not that long. If it takes place a hundred years before Phantom Menace, that is very well much... It's very much in pot potential, like, where we could see Darth Plagueis. Yeah, I agree. And Master Yoda. Definitely. Because it's not that long. Definitely Master Yoda. <clears throat> wow, okay, that's going to be interesting. But I'm not... I'm going to say no, it's got no Palpatine in it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to make you drink. And I think going to make you drink could... Guinness. Yeah, no, not it's not going <laughs> it's not happening. Is is who's who are the who are the who are the people behind the show? Um, if it's Filoni and Favreau, I've got a good chance that it's not. No, it's uh Oh no. I believe it's the <laughs> the person behind the Spider-Man Homecoming movie or something i'm not a marvel guy there's this there's some spider-man oh seagull i don't know yeah it's 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 one of the spider-man people okay 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 cool so all right awesome i'll have to look out for that because i did not hear that it's probably far off it's probably not gonna get released for a while but they're they're talking about it now and they like officially revealed uh, i think the logo or something oh okay yeah okay so okay cool i've got a shot though i've got a shot that it's not palpatine <laughs> i gotta say this is gonna be a fantastic year for tv 
Kenobi, uh, Westworld on HBO is this okay. summer. The Game of Thrones spinoff and the Lord of the Rings spinoff. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. All yep. in this year, man. 2022 yep. is just crushing it. So. Yep. And uh, the Lord of the Rings spinoff, or I don't, know, I don't know why I'm saying spinoff, the Lord of the Rings series, uh, I've heard that uh, they're not doing a great job marketing it and that mm-hmm. it's actually going to be amazing. That um, Yeah, sure. Sh- that makes sense. The showrunners. Yeah, that makes sense are legit that makes sense yeah you know that makes sense you know so think about it like this way which usually in in a lot of ways which country do we think make the best products japan right sure am i wrong okay you know especially depends on which products you're talking about but yeah a, a lot of ways but you know um but then they don't spend that much on marketing because they usually spend it on product development research and development and all that kind of stuff so i think that could be a good thing we'll see yeah um but like so there's this lord of the rings youtube channel i follow and he was invited to this like meet the showrunners event. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, cool. And he he had the same reservations that a lot of Lord of the Rings fans were having. Like, Ugh. yeah, I've heard from. It looks you. It looks cheesy. Was it you? Probably. That said, it's probably me. Yeah. You weren't like excited for it, and I was like surprised. It just looked really cheesy. Okay. Um, but he's saying that the showrunners are like legit, and to me, that's what it's all about all of this stuff you have sure. you have to have solid showrunners who are like deep nerds of the lore and apparently these guys are it so okay cool anyway cool that's just a long way of me saying i'm very excited about excited all for the TV, yeah all the yeah TV yeah yeah here, so. i got you all right buddy anything else okay. you want to talk about nope all good oh um just star trek strange new worlds is pretty cool it's pretty good. Yeah. Only two episodes out as far as right now, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not the whole Kelvin universe. No, thing. thank heaven. Yeah, okay. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> One of my aspirations for this podcast is to actually understand what you mean by that phrase, Kelvin uh, universe, or whatever you call it. The, the Calvin timeline, the Calvin yeah, timeline. yeah, because I have it's basically no code word for J.J. Abrams. I just have, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's basically code word for J.J. Abrams. Okay, all right, we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> we can kind of. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my man. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for Thank listening. You. Please follow us on Twitter, Captain's Quarters Pod, uh, to get notified of all the new episodes as they release. And we appreciate it. And until next time, live long and prosper. And may the force be with you. See ya.